Healing the Fragmentation of the Fall. With this exercise, we're actually going to go back to the beginning when we talked about Adam and Eve in the garden and the beautiful gift they had of of contemplation of their whole being, their mind, their wills, and their hearts totally aligned with that of God, their purpose aligned with that of God, the desires focused on God and aligned with God's desires for them, their innocent trust in God as a provident God who loved them and was caring for them. And we know that after the fall, you know, the serpent had said, oh no, God doesn't want you to eat from that garden because he knows that when you do, you will become gods. All along, God had desired and wanted and was leading them on a path in which they would become like him. They would participate in his supreme godhood as creatures. But with the fall, with their, with their ascent to the spirit, to the serpent, excuse me, they decided they wanted to become gods on their own. They, they wanted to almost make themselves idols. They wanted to make themselves gods on their own steam. They wanted to determine what would be right and what would be wrong. So we, uh, as the children of Adam and Eve, still bear this suffering, this fragmentation. You know, before the fall, Adam and Eve, their whole, their inner eye of their heart was focused on God, and they intuitively knew what was right and what was true. And in Greek, this word is, is nous, the single eye of the heart, their spirit, their soul. But after the fall, their nous, their, the single eye, was in a sense taken from inside them and focused on everything outside them. And they began to see appearances as reality. So what we're going to do in this exercise is begin to return, to take everything we've learned so far and return to that space, that inner space, when the eye of the heart is focused once again on truth, on God, on everything that God wants and is accomplishing for us in bringing us into his uh, life, into his life. So to do this, I ask you to um, close your eyes and to call to mind a specific situation that um, was troublesome or difficult, unresolved for you. And we're going to allow this specific situation to become our teacher. 
instead of it leading to fragmentation and to turning our attention outward into more and more drama, we're going to allow this situation to lead us inward. So I invite you to picture this situation for a moment as completely as you can. Visualize yourself in it, um, what was happening, what it looked like, what it felt like, what your reactions were, what it made you think, what it made you feel. what it made you do, what it made you say. What we're doing now is what the Christian fathers would call nepsis. We're developing a deep and mindful attention to the type and quality of our thoughts, of our sensations, and our feelings that arise into our consciousness as we picture or experience this situation. Most of the time, most people are not sifting through, observing, noticing, um, weighing, taking the temperature, the health of their reactions to situations, their thoughts, their physical sensations, their feelings. They just, they just wash over them. But Nepsis, you know, the fathers of the church, they wanted us to be deeply and mindful, mindfully attentive to them, to their type and to their quality. Because we want to notice provocative, passionate thoughts which enter our minds because these are charged with magnetic attraction, in a sense, and they appeal to the unpurified desires of the heart. So here's an example. We watch a politician on TV. The politician says something. The first thought is, he or she said this or that, addressed this or that. The provocative, passionate thought, which could follow that, um, that we want to observe and to see the quality of, is perhaps a response like, that's stupid, or they're ruining this country, or whatever immediate response you may have to seeing various politicians on TV. So what is, what is going on with that thought, um, which, which reveals a feeling, 
right? That's stupid. There's a feeling in there. And there's probably also a physical sensation. You know, maybe you're um, tight, your stomach is tight, um, you're closing down, whatever it may be um, that physically accompanies that. So becoming mindfully and deeply attentive to what happens, to what happens in our life. So let's go back to our example. That's stupid. Um, this, this statement could also reveal a wound. Maybe the politician is uh, presenting some idea or some policy, and what it's speaking to me, for example, possibly, is with that decision, I will have no legacy. I fear for my family after I die. All I fought for is gone. So we've gone from the politician on TV saying something to our immediate response. That's stupid, but that, that response reveals a wound. It, it, um, reveals this almost unpurified desire of the heart to hold on to a legacy that I want to assure of what my life meant. So it started with a thought. It then went to uh, a feeling, a sensation. But when I'm deeply and mindfully attentive to these, I also realize or come to recognize the unpurified desires of my heart. If Adam and Eve had stopped to do this, uh, the world would be in a better situation. But we also realize that when we don't stop to do this, there are repercussions and consequences for people, for our own life, and for those around us. So let's go back now that we understand Nephsis to our situation and try to have a deep and mindful attention to the type and quality of thoughts, sensations, and feelings that are arising in your consciousness as you picture or experience this situation, either at the time or right now. And for the purposes of this exercise, you want to be especially attentive to provocative, passionate thoughts which enter the mind and which are charged with magnetic attraction and which appeal to the unpurified desires of the heart. And in these, notice your identification with the passions. So these are afflictive, 
psychological states, emotions, and behaviors, and cognitive patterns that are darkening the heart. You know, so the serpent um, raised up within Adam and Eve, or especially Eve, this desire to be God, this desire to be able to determine her own life. Um, so there was a darkening of our heart. You know, in our example, um, this politician on TV raised up within this person, uh, example, this fear of not being able to hold, to control, to leave a legacy, you know, whatever that meant for this person. So we want to see how we become identified with these afflictive patterns of thought, these afflictive psychological states, emotions, and behaviors because they darken the heart. So hold yourself inwardly attentive, inwardly attentive to the inner sensations of the body as you think about this situation and compassionately attentive to them because these sensations indicate the level of effective and automatic nervous system arousal that exists. That may seem kind of crazy, but it's really helpful to see as we're looking at what happens to us when we are in or think about events that are around us, how we, our nervous system just kind of kicks in. And it's really important to see that because that explains why and how we, we have these automatic reactions that are, are coming from the darkness in our hearts. So to be able to notice as we're, this is one step further, noticing the inner like tightness of the throat or, or tightness of the head or, or our stomach uh, growling, whatever it may be, that, that there's a level of, of our automatic nervous system that is aroused, but also our effective nervous system, effective against or for um, loving or hating someone or something. So this gets aroused. But simply, simply, by holding yourself inwardly attentive to it, to this deep arousal that's going on, to be compassionate with it, to, by seeing, um, to seeing the patterns and the afflictive states and emotions, by seeing all this, what happens is, that we call the noose, that inner eye of the heart, that contemplative 
of reality, that never-known heart, inside the body, rather than outside through the senses. Um, so at the fall of Adam and Eve, that noose, that inner eye, that spirit, um, went outside. And so we, everything we see outside of us and hear and taste becomes the most important thing, that apple. It tasted good. So the taste of the apple was more important and more real to her now than the taste of God, more real to Eve than the taste of God. And we, unfortunately, live that reality as a result being the child of Adam and Eve. But we want to call our noose back inside the body. This fragmentation at the fall, we would like to heal. So just remain attentive and sympathetic, compassionate with that nervous system arousal that may be within you. And this is important because by doing it, we gain freedom from the passions and we are able to receive and respond to the movements of grace. We are able to receive and to respond to the movements of grace. You can picture someone who just angrily reacts, stomps off uh, to something, tells people, kicks the dog, uh, whatever. They're not able in that state to respond, to receive the movements of grace. We want to be able to receive grace, the movements of God's life within us. And this process can help. So what this process helps us do is to disidentify, disidentify with these provocative, passionate thoughts which enter the mind and which are charged with magnetic attraction and which appeal to the unpurified desires of the heart and which appeal to the unpurified desires of the heart. So the person who stomps off, uh, the person who yells out, that's stupid to the politician on TV, they're identified, they're identified with their provocative, passionate thought. This charge with magnetic attraction can't get away from it, and which appeals to the unpurified desires of their heart, the wounds in their heart. And these are called logismoi uh, by the fathers. So when we disidentify with these provocative, passionate thoughts, we gradually begin to encounter the power of God resident within us. That power of God 
has been resident within us since our baptism and waiting, in a sense, to overflow into all of our being to bring us once again into union with God, with the Holy Trinity through the indwelling of Christ. These gifts of grace are then communicated to the entire body and soul of the person. So our body relaxes. Our soul becomes peaceful. Our heart becomes more loving. So this happens to the overflow of the power of God, which we are able to to access, to touch, to receive, because we have disidentified with the provocative passionate thoughts, which immediately responded to something we saw. Through this process, we're calling nepsis. And it's so beautiful because when the heart is purified and illumined, the heart sees and reflects God. That beautiful beatitude, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And that's why this process is called the healing of the fragmentation of the fall. Because the end result is what Adam and Eve had but lost. The end result is theosis. One's heart is now aligned with the desire to do God's will. And now one hates any previously committed sins. And in this way, the the fragmentation introduced into humanity by the fall in one's being is gradually healed. 